This is an adult podcast made for adults by adults. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you will know that I have worked and talked about a micro cinema in New York City called The Spectacle. That's why this is a pretty special episode because I finally got one of my spectacle representatives to get onto this podcast episode. And what better topic is food. Swade wanted to call this episode Mommy Issues, so there's that. But if you are snacking, you gotta listen to this episode to find out if the way we talk about food is gonna make you throw that snack up or if you're gonna have a very satisfying, yummy snack. Before all that, let's listen to my friend's band, Posture. podcast for thoughtful degenerates i'm suede best and i'm a sloppy boy hey everyone i'm walter and i have a pony today i'm not gonna elaborate sorry <laughs> just ponies are big right now ideas. oh i'm aaron and i wish your pony was a donkey because it would really vibe with the cultural <laughs> zeitgeist that's it's true the year of a donkey my favorite chinese zodiac <laughs> too bad it passed chinese new year and we didn't even do a chinese new year special because we hate we only like american holidays on this we podcast. only like christmas that's the only that's holiday true. we like that's is o- it's just christmas are you a christmas fan Aaron? <laughs> no i'm not i'm even wavering on halloween right now i've never liked halloween since i became an adult but i love christmas <laughs> I'm a true Christmas boy. My This year almost killed my Christmas love, but I managed to hold on to it for another year. What do you think about talking about Christmas in spring, though? I don't think it's done. Jesus doesn't exist right now. This is like the, well, he does. Oh, no, he's about to die. Well, mm. no, he always exists, Aaron, in our hearts and in our minds. <laughs> he definitely person. dips out sometimes. He dips. No, yeah, he no, Christ is with us all. Ah, God is an awesome God, he is. You know, he's like always with us, man. You think he likes Christmas? Uh, I think that Jesus likes Christmas. I think he's a little butthurt probably about it because his birthday got sort of cuckolded by Santa Claus. But, you know, I think probably he likes the Christmas trees and stuff like that. You think Jesus gets a birthday cake instead of a Christmas tree on Christmas? I feel like Jesus eats clouds all the time because he's in heaven. So probably like he doesn't even think (laughs) about birthday cake. He just eats it. Fills up him in the insides and then he craves more cloud. And then he wants cloud all the time. Yeah, he just he's addicted. He's a cloud (laughs) addict. He's a cloud head. He's a cloud fiend. Aaron, he who are you? Because I've literally, I know nothing about you. I've been asking this question for a long time. I seem to be alive and living in the Northeast. Some people think I know a lot about film and movies, but I think in the scheme of things, I don't. The real problem is we were always put in competition with all the spectacle people. So every single time we got into a conversation about films with them, we were put into our place. It's true. But if we only hung out with an NYU students or Colombian students, ah, we'd we probably kill. feel really good about our film taste. <laughs> we yeah. would be top of the pack. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I just need a more like yeah. young collegiate audience. I was like with the denizens of the micro cinema world. But no, I mean, I think there's people who really, you know, who go to festivals and who like know tons of stuff. I don't even watch that many movies and I um, am guilty of that, mostly just because. 
I prefer a big screen. There's one cool cinema near me right now. I'm in Connecticut at the moment. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know. terrible place. (laughs) Shout out to my ex. They were from Connecticut, and they were... Actually, well, I'm not going to... Never mind. Cut this bit out. Cut this bit out. Never mind. Let's just write Uh, down a list of people we hate from Connecticut. Okay. Number one. That's actually pretty fun. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Number one. It's just people wearing boat shoes. They need to fuck off. But yeah, I know Walter from the elite of the elite micro cinema click. I made a couple trailers for them, but I'm not on like the closest of terms. I did get a lot of my education about film while living in New York. So that is why I would listen to a podcast like yours, which I have listened to a lot of film podcasts and they are all really up their own ass. And this one is a good That's time. true. That's because I know nothing about movies, uh, except for like the few ones I do know. And Walter is incapable of being coherent with his speech. So it makes for a very engaging listen. What is cutting a trailer? So, wait. No, no, no. Don't interrupt me. I'll fucking beat you to death, you right, fucking sorry, stupid sorry, Chinese sorry. son of a bitch. <laughs> fucking shut your mouth. Okay, sorry. I'm in charge here. Go ahead. What is cutting a, a trailer? I was actually having this discussion with someone who was like, oh, you've made for like movies or to have a senior trailer in the theater and I'm like oh no 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 I have basically put garbage music that I like set to a movie that is weird and that is how I've cut trailers and occasionally I would advance that formula up to like oh I'll like get really good quotes from the movie and intersperse them in ways that make the movie look better and more funny than it is but actual professional trailer cutting I think is hell on earth because you have to meet so many demands of so many people in like two minutes 30 seconds so you make the trailers is what yeah saying. I've just made the trailers for this cinema that we were talking about and it's a lot of the time it's just like oh I have this weird movie that nobody else wants to do Will you do that? Like an Ant-Man? Like an Ant-Man 2 Quantumania? Did you do that one? Because I liked that one. I saw that I one that, on that one. trailer. I don't know who gave you that tip-off, but that, that was that you. Me. That was you. Yeah, if you see the credits at the bottom, you actually see Aaron's watermark. So <laughs> I actually think the trailers were... I mean, it's not like a genius idea, but it did make the cinema experience very special and unique because... Sometimes you would go in and watch a movie that was like an hour and 30 minutes and, you know, it was either a B film or a really art house pretentious movie. So sometimes they could be really boring. But the trailers, they were always super fun. I cannot imagine going to a movie theater and being like, oh, I'm watching a boring movie now. Like, <laughs> why would you, would you just get up and leave? <laughs> The vibe felt right, though. Sometimes, like, you have your can of beer, a chopped cheese in your hand, and you're just sitting in the movie theater with this boring... I don't know. Also, everyone there is kind of drunk, too. Sometimes you're watching movies at midnight to 2 a.m. There's something about the environment that was special. It's always teetering on something chaotic happening, and I think that energy makes it less boring. And also, yeah. there's so many more boring things that we have to watch. Like training videos for a job or like like having to watch a boring art film is is can be palatable in the right circumstances. Wait, wait, put a pause. Aaron, are you wearing headphones right now? No. Should I be? Yeah, because you're listening to us speak, right? Your audio might be picking us up. Like our audio being recorded on your recording. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to sound like shit. I'm such a noob. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be good. It'll be funny for the first day. <laughs> I have a very low-tech life right now. No, you're good. You're great. You have a cool haircut. <laughs> Thank you. I, I am my own hairdresser. Do you think it'll be fine or do we want to restart? Is it time for a mega redo bit? Do you think it could also just be fine? It could be fun. We could just do a short version. So, Aaron, you know Walter. You know his face. You know his blood. You know his cherubic cheeks. 
How did that happen? You know, I was working at Spectacle Theater, this crummy little black box that makes trailers that sell movies that you'll probably hate. And I was just like, there's something special about Walter. We get a lot of new people and a lot of them were just sort of like faces in the crowd. But Walter really stuck out. Um, I was actually talking to my friend about this on the phone earlier. He's like, Walter was a combination of being like very kind and unassuming and it would say like really brutal shit. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> out of yeah. nowhere. Did you notice he was drunk often at work? Well, there was really no way to differentiate who was drunk and who was not drunk at work. <laughs> no, lots of people were drunk at work. So Walter wasn't the only functioning alcoholic who would like fall asleep on the job? No, no, no. I slept underneath. I actually came in one night because I was too drunk for something else and slept underneath the booth while someone else was doing a show. Not a good moment. Aaron, that's so funny because I, one time after a 2 a.m. shift, I lost my keys on the bus and then got to my apartment in Elmhurst, went back to the theater and just slept in the theater because I didn't know what to do. But that's what's so great about it. It's there for that purpose. It causes the problems and then it solves the problems that it causes. (laughs) Yeah, this was the time when I magically found my goddamn keys on the next shift of the bus when I was planning to (laughs) call my apartment about how I lost my keys. Like, I just weirdly thought about sitting on the same chair row and my keys were there. And it was... Literally nine hours apart of bus routes. That never happens. It was synchronicity, dude. I know. I came from crying my balls out in the spectacle theater till the next day, telling every guest who came in about my story about finding my two keys. I wish I could have been drunk at work. There were times where I think it would have been really fantastic. I guess because it was like a big box movie theater. There's like no time for shenanigans, even though there were tons I of shenanigans. I was drunk at work at my normal movie theater, though, sometimes. Remember one time I was <laughs> drunk and then I fell asleep? And got woken up <laughs> before the movie started. Yeah. They were like, hey, are you okay? You're, you're like, oh, I've just been working really yeah. hard at school. You know, no, not too big a deal. Yeah. Ass, motherfucker, alcoholic piece of shit. Oh, sh- that's not a very good way to talk to alcoholics. There were also plenty of nights at the spectacle where I was not drunk. And those were good nights. You had plenty you could- of non-drunk shifts? Yeah, I mean, I frequently wasn't. It was good because you could be ready for the other people who would. You could you could pick up some slack. And you knew them coming in because they would bring like a 12 rack or more. Uh, but anyway, drunkenness aside, yeah. So right now I'm in Connecticut, which I just couldn't help but bring up because it's another cinematic capital. Why are you in Connecticut? Why would you go there? It's a terrible place. I agree. My ex is from Connecticut. Yeah, well, I, I we hang out, so... Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your ex has a watermark just like the Ant-Man trailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. You cut my ex trailer-wise. <laughs> What does that mean? I don't even know. I don't yeah, even know. I'm selling her to other people who will want to watch her. That's... <laughs> okay, can we stop talking about this person I don't actually Uh-oh. know? Uh-oh! I mean, maybe I do know her. I don't They're know. great. They're so great. So I came up here. Why did I come back here? Because I went through a breakup and I sort of like <clears throat> lost my mind a little bit. And I just fucked up my life too much in New York to make it viable anymore. So I'm just back up in a place where I don't have to pay rent for a while. Like you burned some bridges? Oh, yeah. Like professionally and stuff. Oof. Apparently I can't smoke weed, which I didn't know. But it doesn't work with my brain chemistry. So I've learned that now. But who's the person who told you you can't smoke weed? Because my parents tell me that all the time, too. Does it make you vomit? No, I wish. No, it makes me like man. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't like Barbara Bush. Or was it, was it Barbara Bush? We're all Barbara Bush the on the no, inside. Was... Nancy Reagan was also very anti-marijuana. Yeah, They both didn't like it, right? But Barbara Bush was more against swears and songs. I have no idea. 
Dude, Barbara Bush, she was a fucking hot piece of ass. <laughs> Barbara Bush, W. Bush's wife. Oh, uh, yeah, of course you like the Republicans. I love them. I love them. That's why you're Connecticut X. She's a Republican. Yeah. Oh, my God. I- I'm trying to think of something insane they said to me recently, because I keep up with them. Uh, what did they say? It was something real dumb. It's real crazy. I can't remember. If it comes back, just let me know. Send it on a postcard. Just send it to your ex. Your ex will deliver it to Aaron. Just send it to my ex. Just send it to them. Have you ever seen The Last Unicorn? Of course. Many, many So times. I tried to watch The Last Unicorn with my ex, and they were afraid of the cartoon. Like, we couldn't watch it because they were afraid of it. Do you think it was a style thing or was it specifically the harpy? It was, they were always high on marijuana. And so every time I put the movie on and they were high, they would become very anxious by the film. I should have known. I should have known it would work out that because that's my that's my movie right there. And you actually you talked about the other one that those uh, that company or the illustrators made. Oh, Flight of Dragons. Yeah, Flight of Dragons. It's on my list of things to watch. Flight of Dragons is so fucking sweet. It's got James Earl Jones as Omadon the Red Wizard. It's like so fucking badass. I mean, if they have no dragons in the Last Unicorn, so they like held off on all their dragons, and then they busted <laughs> their dragon nut in Flight of Dragons. They busted their dragon nut on the other movie. Yeah, Suede really loves dragons. I do. It's really easy to give Suede gifts. Because it's just dragons. And then it'll be like, this is the best gift I've ever received in my entire life. It's true. One of my best <laughs> gifts I ever got was like a giant bucket filled with plastic army man style dragons that Walter gave me. I still have them. Yeah, and I somewhere. did no thought on it. And I just wrote dragons ideas. <laughs> this is what you mentioned, right? This idea of just like so sweet and kind and then hopelessly mean. Oh, I <laughs> this was one of those things. I was like, yeah, this, you know, the gift really meant a lot to me. It was cool, you know, because it wasn't a super expensive gift. It wasn't like a show of anything. It was just like you like these and he was like oh yeah i didn't even think about it i just fucking yeah it's fine i just like dragons whatever and I'm like <laughs> i think it was meaningful it was meaningful i just don't like to show my emotions that's the problem asian you bury male... them in a bucket of dragons oh yeah exactly <laughs> so aaron you mentioned it felt a little sad our last podcast there was an aaron on it already so you were thinking about an elias an elias yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that not the word <laughs> No, it's an alias, you dumbass. I like Elias. What the fuck? My name could be Elias. Because actually me and my brother were talking about this recently. So all these dots were connecting. Why don't we reclaim some of the mean nicknames we were called when we were young? What was your nickname, Walt? I mean, did they call you like Chubby? Fat was definitely popular. I actually got four eyes. You wore glasses too. Did you ever get four eyes? So here's the thing. I didn't realize I needed glasses. I just thought everyone was as blind as I was. And I'm like, people just normally ran into shit. <laughs> then in eighth grade, they were like, no, you have bad eyeballs. And I was like, wait, really? Other people can see leaves and the blackboard? Which explains why my grades are so bad. No, that's your brain. Sorry. That's also my brain. No, uh, people called me short and it made me see red. It made me so furious being really? called short. Like even now thinking about someone calling you short. Yeah, it made me so that's angry. not even a creative nickname. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not a nickname. That's an adjective. No, I was I was surrounded by idiots. I know. Kids don't come up with cool stuff. To be honest, I bet if we had cool stuff come up, we would have already reclaimed that nickname, right? Definitely. I called Celine Wiener. It's kind of rhymes. There was this girl we went to high school with, and we did not like her. And she was very mean to certain members of our community. And by that, I mean she did not like me. So I did refer to her as Swallowman. Her last name was Solomon, but we called her Swallowman because she was uh, well-known. That's fucking funny, 
That's not that mean. It's funny. <laughs> and it's great because you're like just fig- learning about those things at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, she was well known in our minds. That was high school, which was not very nice. So is there a nickname we can reclaim for you, Aaron? I mean, I have something really mean in my brain that I could say. No, I'm interested. I was thinking Gary Busey would be what I would call Because I look like Gary Busey? Because you look like fucking Gary Busey. It's very weird. <laughs> I love that. I wish my teeth were the same size as his. And Walter, you look like Jackie Chan. <laughs> I would take Gary Busey. Gary Busey does have really cool teeth. And he's, he's in some good movies. Yeah, like Point Break. That fucking three-hour Like Point long. Break. Like motherfucking <laughs> Point Break. Shout out to Lee. Uh, my little brother was so thin and grew so quickly that he was like always skin and bones. And they called him Rockorexia in middle school, wow. which is not nice. Rockorexia. That's a reclaimable one, though. Yeah, for sure. You could definitely reclaim that. It also would have been better to call him Anoroxia. <laughs> Like, just, like, <laughs> absolutely. that's, like, a better, I mean, eating disorders and mental, and it's, like, it's fucked, it's serious, but at least make it right. It's, anoroxia would be a much better portmanteau. <laughs> Damn, I, I really didn't get any good reclaiming names, I think. Yeah, they just called you Fat and Four Eyes, huh? I got short, too. I got pervert. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That sucks. Aaron, but they were right about that one. I don't know about the other ones, Four Eyes, Sure. I mean, he's a little short and he's a little tubby and he does wear glasses. Pervert, yeah, like Walter is like a degenerate. Walter is like a bad sex criminal. <laughs> well, if you call me out like that, actually, you know, the most creative nickname that I have gotten is from Suede because he calls me Chairman. <laughs> chairman Pervert? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if you want to get into it, the reason I call you Chairman is because there was this time I was in a professional writing course in college and we wanted to get pizza and we didn't have money. And I was learning how to write like proposals, grant proposals, and we were all drunk. So I wrote an email to the chairman of the board, who was Walter. And then later, as the nickname stuck, I realized that it could also be referencing Chairman Mao, which is funny because Walter is Asian. He's Asian. He's, and he's not just Asian, he's Chinese. <laughs> natural chairman a natural chairman a true chairman i've been watching a lot of bobby lee stuff and i think his redheaded friend is always so racist to bobby lee i'm trying to like bring that energy to the podcast now i'm just gonna be (laughs) mean to walter because he's asian that's gonna be my new bit (laughs) people really like that stuff in comedy racism (laughs) you mean racism that stuff i don't even use the word racism it is true it's hard to pull off no we love asian people on this podcast we stand every asian except me i hate asians except for walter that's always the way he hates the hong kongers i don't hate the hong hongers take that back (laughs) i don't want that i don't want that on my no no walter loves the hong kong i think if aaron you really want a nickname I'm going to give you the honorary chairman title, and then you can be Chairman Boosie. Chairman Boosie. I like that. Boosie or Bussie? I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. It's American. It's hard okay, to pronounce. Okay, because Bussie... I know. Bussie is a portmanteau of the word boy and pussy. Yes, I know, Bussie. I don't know if you want. Remember, I was an infamous pervert even when I was in middle school. I know Bussie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Although Chairman Bussie is is its own yeah. funny. Interchangeable. You can use both. Yeah. Uh, CB for short. I like this Chairman Bussie or Bussie. Chairman okay. Bussie. Chairman Bussie. Or Bussie. Chairman Okay, 
Okay, I gotta be real. I'm feeling spicy. I'm feeling spiteful this episode. <laughs> Everyone in my household is like fucking nuts right now. We have Russia, Ukraine, the United States, and China all in my house at once right now. My mom is nuts, and my dad is being petulant, and <laughs> it's just like <laughs> me and my little brother, who I guess are <laughs> the Ukrainians. Who's doing arm sales? Who's doing arm sales? Yeah. <laughs> all the different mental illnesses that we have in this household are the arm sales. <laughs> well, that sounds like a pretty heated situation. My mom, my mom just has to get less nuts. She'll slide back into normal. I'm sore too. I went too hard at the gym. That's the other thing. I'm sore. <laughs> Nothing brings the podcast to a screaming halt more than me talking about the gym. <laughs> I mean, it brings my brain to a screeching halt whenever I think about the gym. You don't go to the gym, Chairman Busey? No, Chairman Busey does not gym. Chairman Busey does outdoor activities. Oh, see, me and Walter, we don't do that. My outdoor activity is using my computer and looking at my screensaver of trees. <laughs> and mine is smoking. So that's- <laughs> That's what I do. That's my outdoor activity. That's probably for a war-torn individual like yourself. That's true. What's his face? Who's that? You ever think that the prime minister of Ukraine looks a little bit like a sad koala? Zelensky? Yeah, Zelensky. He looks like... Everyone's like, oh my god, he's so hot. He's so sexy. He does look exactly like a sad koala. Don't people think koalas are kind of hot? I don't think so. They've got weird gray fur and giant claws. And apparently they smell like eucalyptus. Yeah, but people like their big noses and their ears i fucking hate koalas man really okay then obviously Zelensky is not for you no but obviously i can understand are you guys hungry uh for whatever the segue this is i'm hungry for that oh you're hungry for that segue open up your mouths children and let me pour the segue gravy down your throats so that you may sup tonight. oh is it white and foamy no it is brown and thick no what do we mean white foamy gravy that's foul what do you want some cream gravy no this is good turkey <laughs> gravy poured from a old tea kettle just directly down your throat so that you may survive another cold ukrainian winter why are you on this ukraine thing i don't know my body hurts <laughs> i'm sore and everyone in my house is not like, what do you want me to uh, Pahano, I feel like Pahano. for a really long time you refused to talk about Ukraine, and then once you unlock the key, it's like constant Ukraine references. Wait, are we gonna talk about movies? <laughs> yeah, we are. We're gonna talk about movies and we're gonna talk about film because you and Walter were having this conversation about food and movies, and then you suggested that we watch the stuff, which I'd never seen, which is crazy because it's like exactly in my strike zone. Good. And before we start, remember when we referenced Jesus Christ eating clouds? Yes. What he actually was eating was the stuff. That was what I was trying to make an allusion to. <laughs> Uh, we're all on the Yay. same page. Oh, I see. A good segue. <laughs> a less ham-fisted You stuffy? Jesus is a stuffy. Hashtag Jesus is a stuffy. Come on, you stuffy sons of bitches! That's right, Colonel, you tell them! That's what I'm going to say this Easter. <laughs> Jesus is a stuffy. You're stuffy. <laughs> Aaron, if I ask you to tell me the premise of this film will you do a terrible job and make it go on for a super long time like all our other guests or can you do this succinctly oh i have to be succinct i can't go on like other people do okay walter do the jingle jesus loves me this i know for the bible for tells the me bible so tells all right that's our plot so. jingle to, for this time that's our there's no jingle religion it is irreligious apolitical no it's not apolitical actually there is like it's very political well, there is the cool general there is the cool general you were worried about the commies putting fluoride in our water system mm-hmm. oh. now you know there's a there, there's a, a thing going on now that's a lot worse sounds like one of my radio speeches a year ago last thanksgiving and you were a deep prophet Sidebar before I even get into the synopsis. So there's another movie that came out the same year called The Coca-Cola Kid um, from 1985 by this like 
His name is, uh, God. Uh, You've never heard of the Coca-Cola Kid, Walter? You fucking pleb. <laughs> you don't know anything about movies. That's my favorite movie. Oh, sorry. How come you never talked about it with oh, me, Oh, Dusan um, Makavajem. See, if I was a real film person, I would not. Yeah, but... Vajem. Yeah, you know, that guy. And it's actually a more literal version of the stuff in a way. I mean, I think it's just catching on to like a consumer critique. It's actually selling Coca-Cola to a new market, but it's another like swashbuckling, like Southern gentleman who is the main character. Okay, so the stuff starts off with this Southern gentleman. You know why they call me Mo? No, why? Because every time people give me money, I always want Mo. Well, you know, Mr. Rutherford. Yes, sir. I don't think you're quite as dumb as you appear to be. No one is as dumb as I appear to be. <laughs> Played by Michael Moriarty. He basically will work for anyone, and his assignment is to sort of look into how this new dessert product, which has taken the, the country by storm, the jingles are everywhere, you've got McDonald's lookalike popping up. Yeah, with, the stuff, it's everywhere. Yeah, it just sell like this pint size like plastic yeah, marshmallow a, product. Yeah, that's what it looks like, the marshmallow slime, fluffernutter. But it seems easier to eat than fluffernutter, like consistency-wise. You've got to understand that this is a dessert, not a prescription medicine. Not any different from yogurt or ice cream. Could you use your hand seat, Fluffernutter? Do you not know what Fluffernutter is? Like, it's like a marshmallow No, I don't know cream. what Fluffernutter is. Wait, are there any, like, Chinese or Hong Kong white substances that are edible? Yeah. That are not? Jizz. His jizz. Walter's jizz. <laughs> I had to say that. So your jizz is the same color as everybody else's. That was also a mystery that <laughs> that's good oh mayo <laughs> mayo Ugh, yeah okay, mayo's foul i agree mayonnaise uh, no, thank you you guys are actually just being racist then you can't say mayo's foul when all asians put mayo on everything really? that is not true <laughs> the mayo fans go crazy also i think that japanese mayo is different than the regular like than the american yeah it mayo. is but it's not like you're gonna like it you're still gonna hate it how do you know don't you don't, don't even like blue cheese dressing dude no fuck blue <laughs> cheese dressing it's gross yeah anything that's white is just not for you you're just not gonna enjoy it i like rice and aaron seems pretty cool and i think she's white probably <laughs> can't believe you're calling out my my ethnicity on this program no it's that's what we have to do it's we have to virtue signal our race chairman Busey is a uh, chairman of the world so okay so this guy has to figure out he's charged with figuring out what's behind this white stuff and then that man meets the woman who is doing all of the promotional production for the stuff which features thin models in stupid fur coats meanwhile there is a child who has come to the conclusion that the stuff is bad and suspect, and he gets arrested for having a scene inside of a supermarket where he's trying to prevent people from eating it. So we have this young activist who's been Aaron, you take it. I need it more succinctly. Quicker, I need a job. Oh, I thought I was doing such a good job. You're doing a great job. You're better than any guests we've had so far, but it's still not shocking. Okay, so then uh, mix that all together, add some rescues by a weird military faction who seems to be just like hanging out, waiting for the 
the next deep state catastrophe, and they uh, save the day. They save the day. And the one thing you missed is that the reason that there's this issue is when you eat the stuff, first you become addicted to it, and eventually it just explode out of your body and like attack people and kill people. This is a so, very like... important part that I overlooked. You're right. No worries. This is the other thing you missed, Aaron. Sway was grading you on your uh, summary, which he didn't tell you. He's got all these check marks. Yeah, it's true. I, think I gotta see. You did, but everyone else has gotten an F, so it's fine. Chairman Busey is a C student, but an A chairman. We also forgot about Chocolate Chip Charlie, which is racist. Oh, I forgot Chocolate Chip Charlie. He is awesome. His fists are weapons. Oh, now, Charlie, I run a high-tech operation. I don't go in for things like that. I got a few low-tech solutions for our problem. We hit that sucker over the head. I don't really even remember how he fits in. He's like, was part of one of the companies that got taken over or something. There's also like a whole FDA like intrigue. They just let this product go without approving it properly. Well, because they're all hooked on the stuff. Or no, they're not hooked on the stuff. Some of them are. The FDA people are. Yeah, but here's the thing. When you eat the stuff, here are the bad things that happen. Sometimes it explodes out of you and you get addicted to it. Yeah, and it causes personality flaws. The only time it seemed to be a problem was when people didn't want to eat the stuff. Right, like the kids' parents. That was the main issue. I mean, that's the same problem with drugs. Like, if everyone did drugs, the sober people would be the problem. <laughs> oh, that man. Is a that's, beautiful that's perspective. Specs. So this is, this is the first thing I want to say. Hashtag stuff did nothing yeah, wrong. Yeah, hashtag stuff did nothing wrong. No, I, I don't think the stuff was technically wrong to be honest the people you really felt were evil was the fda people right because they would not get addicted to it and then sell it which is in line with today well not today like how we view who the evil one is no one feels abestos as evil except no one buys abestos diet coke is a big question mark to me if it is actually the stuff but nobody's exploded okay. yet because it is good i prefer coke zero I do personally too. i do too I agree, but I don't pressure people to have it. No, they, they just are choosing the, the worst diet soda. Like, all other diet sodas pale in comparison to Coke Zero. So, Walter, are you drinking Coke Zero yet? Because if you're not... You're going to alienate me? Well, that's my question. Do you blame the stuff for the alienation, or do you blame the FDA people? Because you said hashtag the stuff did nothing wrong. Well, but what if after everyone got hooked on the stuff, there was, like, peace on Earth? Because everyone just loved the stuff But so the other much. thing is that the stuff had its own agenda, and it would sometimes just creep out of people's bodies so it was kind of a killer and it seemed like it was anti-human in yeah nature. that was not as good but the selling of it the production of it could have been somewhat innocent in the fact that it's like oh bubbling up is this goo like it tastes good no let's sell it yeah i think that's the big difference too because this stuff is an unlimited resource. The reason why distribution gets so corrupt in economics, I, I think people are corrupt. That's why it gets corrupt. But if you think about it economically, the reason why distribution gets corrupt is because we have lim a limited resource and people Yeah, there's are a fighting. finite amount of things. Yeah, that's the theory, right? You make an interesting point. If we had a resource that was sufficient enough for everyone to live that was infinite. Well, also, everyone would have to love it. So here, what's something we all love globally, universally? Bread. No. <laughs> yeah, Walter fucking hates bread. Yeah, Walter hates bread. I don't hate bread. I don't hate bread. It's just on my layers of food that I do eat because I eat everything. And it's probably trending to the last part. If everyone could just be happy eating stuff for all of eternity, there would be no war. There'd be no hate. There'd be no violence. Everyone would be too busy stuffing their face full of stuff. The people who are against the stuff is the military guy. Yeah, but they trick him. Well, into... once he gets explained to him, like, I don't know if he really cares about the issue. So this this movie, like, its big thing is that consumer culture, n new media is, like, destroying and eroding human life 
through its evil machinations, right? I think cigarettes is the better analog than Coke, to be honest. This is about cigarettes, right? But And less about, like, the act of smoking and, like, how cigarettes hurt people. And more that a corrupt system will peddle poison to you if it means they can make more money. Because the main villains that you guys are talking about, the FDA people who've passed it through, they refuse to eat the stuff because they don't want to get addicted to it. So it's a little nail on the head, but in, in a fun way. There's a lack of continuity of the side effects of the stuff, because, like, the family of the rebellious kid, they, like, have all this energy, and they're almost like a pack of dogs, you know? Whereas, like, everybody else who seems to be eating the stuff is fairly normal. Or if you punch them, they, like, fall to pieces, right? Like, there's a part where, like, <laughs> Chocolate Chip Jimmy... What's his Chocolate name? Chocolate Chip Charlie. Chocolate Chip Charlie, like, punches a dude and, like, his face just caves in. Uh, Mo hits another dude with, like, a pipe and his, like, body just, like, falls apart. Like, they've been hollowed out by the stuff. The fad becomes your identity, basically. But that's actually a fair point, Aaron, because we don't actually know if the alienation happens in every family. Maybe it only happens in that suburb family because that family because, sucked. Like, they were already like that. I mean, the dad was already a dick to start with. Oh, the dad sucks so hard. And suburbs sucks so much. But they have those two beautiful blue-eyed children who look ghostly. Yeah, you gave us a picture. We'll definitely post it. It's a very interesting picture because I did not realize how similar they looked. Are they actual brothers? That's why they look similar? They're actual brothers. Okay. They also both had eyeliner on on that picture and they were now the same height. So it was very fun to look at. Yeah. Yeah, they were. It was interesting. <laughs> and they also both had mullet. The 80s mullet? Yeah, touch of the 80s mullet. Dude, the kid rocks so hard. He's like so fantastic. He he's the best. He There's this bit where he's talking to the general and the general's like, don't worry about the stuff, boy. We've never lost a war. And without a beat, the kid goes, what about Nam? <laughs> what about Nam, sir? It's and then so the, awesome. the general's so like, good. we lost that war at home. <laughs> like, what the, fuck? the general had like the response and I was like, oh my god. But yeah, no, the kid is sharp. He, he just like sees the stuff moving once and he's already doing civil disobedience, smashing plates in a grocery store and like knocking shit over and screaming That's about true. it. He's like such a tiny little revolutionary. Yeah, I don't think he was actually like reprimanded legally with that. He just got grounded for life. And probably his parents had to pay for all the stuff, right? I mean, that's normally what happens. So at the end of the movie like the rebellion has grown to i mean everybody's pissed yeah it's it's been successful so it shows people rising up against being sold a product and there's this one part where there's like a mcdonald's of the stuff shop which looks like the same thing as a mcdonald's and a kfc and they blow up the stuff and i'm like damn you know like that's like one of those moments where this movie's so literal that it is a little tiresome it's very nail on the head but yeah, it's a very nail on the head it's still cute though like we've had a lot of protests that happen in both hong kong and in america people do wreck wreck is not the right word people do damage the uh franchise properties or whatever you want to call them yeah they break the representation of the thing they're rallying against but i haven't seen anyone blow up specific stores and leave other stores safe i mean what about the unabomber what about the <laughs> what about the unabomber he blew up one specific thing people actually during the black lives matter protest they did blow up some specific records buildings that had like people's case records and stuff I don't know if they were blown up, but they were burned. So that was like a strategic destruction. Yeah, now I think about it, Hong Kong did also do strategic instructions where a lot of cafes who were in support would be known. And then the ones who were not in support, Maxim's was in support of China. So all Maxim companies were targeted. If anyone wants to blow up Maxim's, you can take that company and blow them up. Damn, how many got hit? A lot. And Maxims owns more than just Maxims. It owns other things that I don't remember what they own because oh, okay. I'm not a good. But Maxims is like, uh, do they sell? It's definitely bread. 
And then I think they own KFC or something else. So it's like the Chinese breads. What is a Chinese bread? Like egg tarts or like pork buns or whatever. It, There's yeah, like it's more. like a sweet kind of bread. It's like a, it's spongier. Yeah. Like- what you're talking about is called manto, but there is just different toppings that Asians use in their bread too. Yakisoba bread, the bread that the anime girls go and buy. Ours is a little different from Japan. I do like me a pork bun. I know you like pork buns. You know what I've started doing is I just take warm rice and I just pour the spicy chili crisp on the rice and then I just turn it into a ball and I just eat it. Yeah, you told me. It's your new rice ball. It's my new rice ball That's a simple rice ball. It's just rice and MSG. How does that have anything to do with a pork bun? Is it because they're both Asian? No, no, no. Because here's my thought. Can you imagine if you had a big pork bun that had pork stuff in it, but also rice? So it's like pork (laughs) bun with meat. That would be a heavy bun. That'd be so fucking good. That'd be so fucking so delicious. Wait, I wanted to talk about how I wanted to have sex with the stuff. I just really wanted to put my penis inside the sloppy, sloppy stuff. I just, like, thought it would be good on my hog. That makes sense. I think this movie had a lot of sexual inhibition. So many opportunities for anybody to do anything sexual were just wasted, including actually thrusting into the goo. I mean, it just looks good to thrust into, right? Yeah. Or like a glory hole in one of the, like, gas stations. Or like when the miners go back to their oil, instead of, like, plugging it into the truck, they should be, like, thrusting it into the truck. Yeah, it just, like, looks when it bubbles and slops around and is, like, alive, kind of. I think for the first time in my life, I understood Walter's obsession with slime girls after watching this film. I like slime girls because they're transparent, though. Why? So you can see your wiener while it's inside of them? Yeah. I think that's, like, very hot. It's the shame and the vulnerability of being exposed. I just like when it, like, plops. I like when it slops and it plops around. It was very pleasant. It is. They could have had a sex scene where people use the stuff as like a lubricant yeah like they like fucked in yeah i mean because that's the final bacchanal right is like eating and drinking while you're having sex hedonism like you pour wine all over each other while you have sex that's like ancient greek hedonism right there yeah really a lost opportunity other larry cohen movies have loads of sex in them like special effects is pretty dirty i'm a zoe Stan. i was watching it's alive today what is the premise of that i don't remember this lady gives birth to a baby and the baby's like mutant and kills people oh yes uh, <laughs> oh yes but if those two movies are illicit of the kind of movies he makes he's he's doing two things at once where he's like see this thing i'm pointing at but then also it's like sloppy gloppy slop like the stuff is like visually so different from the question that the movie is asking. except people do sell you really gross things coke zero is actually really gross or nicotine is really gross i don't know well i mean people think cigarettes are gross yeah that's what i mean i'm saying i don't think you're right about the message not being gross i don't even know if it's gross it's just gross in what it does to people i don't i don't think the substance itself is particularly gross it's actually kind of like cute sometimes it's like yogurt sometimes it's like fluffernutter it vacillates between those the two. sergeant being like I can, I can stand the sight of blood but this is disgusting i kind of like the sight of blood Well, this is disgusting. 
Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit yeah, was so great. Was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> There's some great lines in this, for sure. And, like, some of the sound is just so silly. Like, I recorded just the outro song. It's, like, very advanced. Advanced. It just feels like it's, like, a like a sci-fi song. It doesn't follow through with a lot of the theories about how this might be, like, an alien invasion or some sort of whatever. Like, they don't fill that out at all. This movie doesn't have, like, it has a plot structure, but it's not presented as, there's no, like, rising action, there's no falling action. It's paced very weirdly, and totally. it ends very weirdly. It does. It's, like, it's not particularly invested in, like, affecting someone emotionally via the use of story. You know, like, when you talk about, like, Homeward Bound, it's not just the dog has to get home and you care about the dog. It's also, like, the narrative arc of the dog struggling to get home. I see. The reason why you thought of Homeward Bound is because you want to eat dogs. I Because I want to eat their dogs. I want to break <laughs> their bones and slurp up their marrow. It's true, though. I think the editing shows this, too. There's a good scene where the kid is sleeping in the airplane the way it cuts into the action scene of the kid having to run away from the airplane from the stuff monsters is not a real action scene it's not no it's just like yeah one thing to the next and at the end when the boy and mo comes back to the fda guys and is like you guys fucking suck guess what now you're gonna get super addicted to the stuff and they make him eat all the stuff like that would be like a perfect end mm-hmm. but then instead they cuts to like gangsters selling the stuff yeah and then i thought <laughs> the movie was about cocaine for a bit i was like oh shit this is about the 80s crackheads evidently and like another extra layer of commentary <laughs> he's like i got one more did you see the analogy of this between this and drugs speaking of endings where people force people to eat I watched this so recently, too. There's a Peter Greenaway, the British director, his most famous movie, The the Cook, The Thief, The Wife, The Lover, whatever. It literally ends with... Wait, can I spoil? Yeah. It literally ends with the wife forcing her wait 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 wait. listeners this is your chance to pause off this is your spoiler warning (laughs) okay it literally ends with the wife forcing her husband who ended up killing her lover and she makes the cook cook her lover and she goes eat eat and forces her husband to eat her cooked perfect food movie i can't believe we didn't watch that one (laughs) almost like the stuff (laughs) i like azed and his two aughts yes same guy I like that film too, with the zoo animals and stuff. Yeah, I like I like a zoo, a zoo film. <laughs> I think the image of overeating can really scare people because of a combination of anxiety, pain, and shame. Because if you like eat too many burgers, you're ashamed that you ate all these burgers. Your stomach hurts because you ate all these burgers. And you're afraid, A, that you might throw up, but B, that you'll become like unattractive in the eyes of others. Or maybe this is just like a me thing, but like overeating is something that like, especially in media produces a lot of anxiety. I hate watching people do it. No, there's a contemporary example with, God damn it, I have to be the A24 kid, but that new uh, film, The Whale, is literally about overeating with food yeah oh really it's been critiqued of like kind of fetishizing none of us have watched it right no i've only ever seen batman movies what if i told you the whale is a version of batman batman becomes the whale whale. (laughs) brendan fazier was in a batman movie i would nut so hard instantly 
That's sweet. I love The Mummy. That franchise was so great and also kind of racist, but man, was it awesome. <laughs> you really like racism, huh? I love racism. I love it. I just don't know if in The Whale if he eats that much. Yeah, I brought it up because I watched it. Well, tell us. <laughs> no. This is all about food, remember? And I'm embarrassed. I watched an A24 movie. Oh, God. Didn't we watch an A24 movie in college? Well, didn't we watch that movie, the, like, alchemist something or other? That was pretty good. No, that was oscilloscope. <laughs> we have this conversation all the time. It's oscilloscope. Oscilloscope is cool. No, they aren't cool, but they are less embarrassing. <laughs> okay, so in the whale, he eats a lot of pizza, candy, and sandwiches. Oh, that's like I me. think the food is supposed to not look yummy, but as a degenerate loser, I thought it looked pretty good. Hey. Dude, pizza, sandwiches, <laughs> and candy? Those are like three very good foods to eat. Yeah, but you're talking about the overstuffing. Yeah, you there see him There are scenes overeat. where he consumes one pizza, two pizzas, three pizzas. That is, in my opinion, supposed to be filmatically gross. Okay, and I, let's make something very clear right now. I don't think people need to feel morally bad for overeating. I do it all the time. It's not a big deal. But I think visually it can be made to seem very un appealing because of the shame and the anxiety that's wrapped up in the repercussions oh don't worry sometimes overeating visually looks super nice and i always overeat with my friends and have a great oh time. yeah no are you kidding me we would eat so much but food. i don't even agree that overeating has to look visually gross because in many overindulgent food films i'm freaking out about how pretty the food looks I just think the film was intentional in its music and and it's also Aronsky, you know, Requiem for a Dream. Like, it's so manipulative. I think some of the other issues with overeating in media is the lack of control, I think, is also very anxiety producing. Like, the inability to stop is what freaks people out. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with this IRL. If you want to, like, eat 16 sandwiches, fucking go for it. I've done that many times. <laughs> you have never ate 16 sandwiches. Bitch, I have seen 16 sandwiches <laughs> fucking every day. Every fucking day. How do you think I got this jacked from fucking sandwiches. sandwiches. They're tea sandwiches. They're, yeah, they're tiny sandwiches. Oh, shout out to, oh, her name's Sammy. She's very cool. Uh, we hung out, but she likes Subway. I like Subway. No! Subway's <laughs> bad. I agree. Think. Well, so you don't like bread. How do you eat Subway? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't like bread unless it's a Subway sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it's only Subway bread that I like. Actually, I get Subway bread with no, the nothing. Just the bread. <laughs> Just the bread. Just the bread. And then I take a few napkins. And you put the napkins in the sandwich. Because the napkins are free the napkins are free. <laughs> mitch hedberg has a good uh, oh, subway joke where him. he tried to get bread at a subway and they charged him until he told them it was for a duck and then he was confused about how ducks could buy from subway for free i just think subway's foul okay i eat everything when i say i don't like bread it really is i like bread it's just the least that i like it's durian and then bread Ooh, but i still is... eat durian <laughs> That's a low level. The durian level? <laughs> yeah, dude, bread is great. Are you kidding me? Like a My like... durian level is high. That's what I'm saying. I have oh, okay. okay, fine. It's like shit, pencils, electronics, and then durian. And then bread. So bread is right? one step Does above make... durian, which is one step above inedible foodstuffs. I'll eat a pencil if it's cooked in season well. I like all foods. I can't explain it to people. People like don't understand that I will eat everything. So would you have tried the stuff even if you saw other people exploding? Oh, I definitely would have tried the stuff. I would have gone for it. Okay, so sweets for me is in the bread category. So ice cream, but 
I would have ate it anyways. I would have been interested. And the fact that they use their fingers to eat. Ugh. Major, major that big thing me for me. So I hard. love I hate when people using my fingers, fingers to eat things. Uh, it makes I me think so it's anxious. the only good way to eat things. No, like literally it makes my skin crawl. If you come from like a space where you like learn to eat with your hands, that's like less foul to me. Because, no, like, Suede hates you too. No, 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 no. Because I've like seen videos <laughs> of like people eating with their hands in places where that's the main mode of consumption and like it's not so gross because they don't get fucking food everywhere they're just like doing it they know how to do it you know but it's like when you see like this like kid and he's like i'm gonna put my hand in the yogurt and then i do not get my food everywhere when i eat yes, with my you hands do. I am yes very... you do no, i do you not are, no, i you do fucking not. are disgusting you're like a goblin you're like a pig running around in shit i would get food everywhere anyways with fork and knife anyways that's true, that's true. <laughs> so that doesn't matter so hands are the same no it's not it's gross the reason why i think hands are so important to eat is because food has to be everything right the nose the mouth it's the sensual ears. you're saying it's a sensual experience okay the reason why the finger thing is so important to me though is because it's not lazy i just think it is a little cheap to make the stuff look gross only because it makes people act a little weird and also people start eating it with their hands right like what else makes the stuff they gross? shovel it it's not just that they eat it it's not like they take a chocolate chip cookie and take a bite they like force it down their gullet although there are some people who eat it very properly with like a spoon like the mom who's like i'm on a diet i lost five pounds one of the major problems with eating with your hands is that like it gets on your lips which freaks me out when people have like messy food on their face that really stresses me out too, yeah, me too. so it's like this dual combination but when you see people like who are used to eating with their hands putting the food in their mouth it's not like they have like rice all over their lips they do dude you're just watching a youtube video god damn it they probably edited or something i don't know what do you know where have you been where people eat with their hands name one place i am close to the philippines technically have you ever been to the philippines no That's right. <laughs> Fucking, this is what you do. This is, a, oh my Fuck God. off, you're doing the same thing. You're basing everything off a YouTube fucking video. Well, what are like, the main <laughs> cultures that you eat with your hands? Like South India, parts of Africa, especially like East oh, Africa? Oh, fuck, you're right. I went to Ghana and no, they were did. eating soup with you their hands. I did. What are you talking about? You did not go to Ghana. I did. Not once. No, you and didn't. they gave me a spoon and a fork two days and I was already using my hands no you were too afraid you were too afraid to go to Ghana you couldn't do your study abroad you were too afraid of traveling you can't leave your hometown of Roanoke so you didn't do study oh, abroad oh I see <laughs> were you actually planning to go to Ghana then <laughs> no dude I didn't never want to study abroad are you kidding me I was like that's gonna cost me more money than I have and it's gonna be stressful fuck that fuck you no I'm joking um not really I would like to go to another country I just it's too scary. It's too scary for my delicate baby boy brain. One of the things that stresses me out about intercontinental travel is that, like, you could bring me to Alaska and I could ostensibly walk back to Roanoke. It would be very long and very arduous, but it could be done. If I go to, like, a Hong Kong or, like, a Ghana or, like, a Saudi Arabia, like, I can't walk back. I'm stuck. <laughs> I'm stuck unless I want to hop back on a plane. You're too tied to your home. If I was stuck somewhere, I'd settle. I'm confident in myself in that way. I do, I have settled. I love it down here, man. I'm the king of Roanoke, <laughs> baby. I'm going to run for mayor. Yeah, you can settle <laughs> twice. It's super easy. Mm. Grow up. 
<laughs> no, I don't want. No, I don't want a boat. I'm a little baby for the rest of my life. I am just saying. I was in Ghana, and my messiness was not more messy than everyone else's. So you don't like how messy I am. You probably won't like how messy a lot of places in the world are. Do you eat things with your hands too, Aaron? Like a spaghetti? Potato chips? Oh, that's different. <laughs> that's a finger food. I'm talking like you wouldn't eat like a, a salad covered in ranch dressing with your hands. No, would you? and and I actually eat a lot of things with fork and knife that should be hand foods like hamburgers that is weird but i'm okay with it nah i have friends who do that at mcdonald's too wait do you use a fork and knife in mcdonald's then uh i don't go to mcdonald's and i don't think they have forks in there they have them for the mcdonald's pancakes i have to bring my own fork and knife like it can't be like a plastic fork and no knife. that sucks fuck that shit fuck that shit fuck plastic <laughs> yeah that's, that's i would rather eat anything that, that's with what's my in hands your bag. rather yeah, that's what's in my bag. <laughs> it's cutlery. Oh, dude, I went to Chipotle. I'm sorry to offend you, Walter. I did go to Chipotle a few nights ago. It's fine. You just went to a useless place. That's all. <laughs> uh, Chairman Busey, how do you feel about uh, Chipotle? I've heard decent things about worker situations there, but I <laughs> don't eat there unless I'm under duress. Where do you eat? You don't eat from McDonald's. You don't eat from Chipotle. I am on food stamps, and so I eat at the grocery store. Okay, so you, by virtue of poverty, are probably eating healthier than... Uh... So by virtue <laughs> of a state grift, I did have... What is that place called? The ones who hate gay people. Oh, Chick-fil-A. I had a Chick-fil-A not that long ago because it was like free and it was fucking delicious, but it made me feel very sick. Like morally or like in your gurgle guts? Like in my body. My body was like, eh, Chairman, you could do better. I've actually <laughs> turned a corner on fast food. I no longer like Taco Bell. Whoa, what? That's amazing. Holy I just, crap. Every time I go there, it's just like, this all tastes the same and it's bad. I'm done with Taco Bell. Cool. Don't they? change up their menu all the time though yeah but it does they, yeah but it's the always same. the same stuff it's all the same stuff oh, okay. the last thing i had from taco bell that i liked so it was like when all the different competing fast food restaurants were trying to make the best chicken sandwich and someone actually got killed out of popeyes because of the chicken sandwich wars a worker or like it was like a, a massive brawl and one person died out of popeyes hey they died for something they love yeah they died for something that and you know fucking popeyes is good ass chicken sandwiches so i get it i would be willing to die for a popeyes chicken sandwich <laughs> but so taco bell made like a chicken sandwich taco that was like basically just like a taco only a chicken sandwich that was okay they have no skin in the game of a chicken sandwich war no they don't that would be funny if like the stuff was real and if the director showed mcdonald's had a stuffed burger and kfc had its stuffed chicken i think larry cohen really missed the mark by not doing that i don't know if someone could have imagination to predict like that because of how absurd the chicken wars were i don't think it was as advanced no it was not in 1985 Chicken sandwiches were, they weren't around as much. No, people didn't eat a chicken sandwich. <laughs> no, they were always eating burgers and like... Chicken burgers. That's what people were eating. Chicken burgers. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> What's your feeling about calling chicken sandwiches chicken burgers? How do you feel about calling soy milk milk instead of a soy drink? Well, as a 100% full-blooded Chad, I never drink soy milk. I actually find pregnant women and I seduce them with my thundercock just so that I can, in the morning, put their breast milk in my coffee. So would you call that a milk or a drink? I would call that a breast milk. It's not a breast drink. It's a breast drink. You're right. It's a breast drink. All milk is breast drink. Unless it comes from a plant. Are plants breasts? Is that how this works? I think plants are breasts if they make milk. <laughs> That's actually something that I kind of agree with. <laughs> <laughs> Our breakfasts are very different, so I can't <laughs> speak for all of them. 
breastuses, breakfasts. Breakfasts, breastuses. <laughs> Anyways, if you go to a sour, spicy noodle restaurant in Hong Kong, they usually give you soy milk. Just like to drink on the side? Yeah, like, it also probably filter? like tones down the spice a little bit. I think that would seem a little weird for other people. I think but... I would be down with that. My biggest frustration with soy products is when they're trying to be like substitutes. That's like when I think they're the least good tasting. When I eat like a soy burger, I'm like, just put this in like some sweet and spicy sauce over rice. I'll eat that. I don't want a fucking soy burger. I think there is one exception to that rule. Hong Kong Buddhists also do a lot of substitute uh, meats, but I like that stuff because they... But you wouldn't know because you don't even eat the original anyways. So. What what are you talking about? Never mind. It's too culturally different that I okay, couldn't okay, find you the right words. I just gave Wait, up. you're talking about like fake meat. Yeah, but the type of meats that it's faking is so far away than a burger. Never mind. <laughs> I gave up. <laughs> Walter's not going to explain this to us Westerners. Walter's going to keep his ancient Chinese secrets to himself. I... Just want to give up on it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so you want to know my mom used to eat tofu and jelly sandwiches. That's weird. Which I always thought seemed foul. Totally. And I'm not talking like cooked tofu. I'm talking like cold ass fucking out of the box sliced tofu. Who is your mom in the in the war of your house? I guess because of the tofu consumption, she would be CZ Ping and, and mainland China. Wow. Your mom definitely did not do that for taste. No, it's no, I, dude. I like literally. That woman is insane to me. Sometimes she eats bread that's basically just seeds all mushed up into a bread shape with cheese and jelly and olive oil. And I'm like, that's not a sandwich. That's like a that's like a kitchen accident. That's like I accidentally <laughs> spilled seeds on cheese and jelly and then put some olive oil in. And you know what? I make pickled vegetables and she won't eat them. She says they're too hot. And she won't eat my naan because she said it's white bread. She won't eat wheat. Whole wheat. Oh, she's got like restriction types of things. It's like, I, I only eat these four things, so now they're combined. Exactly, literally. She's just, she's got a pain in the ass fucking, uh, what's the word? A pain. Diet. Yeah. I mean, I, I yelled at your mom drunkenly, admittedly, that she doesn't like food. So. And she's been nothing but sweet to you, Walter. <laughs> What's wrong with you? She yeah, loves that you. Mean she ha- I have to say she likes food. Do you have, like, a favorite food or, like, favorite foods? You know, Walter and I love rice. I love candy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, I really love dry cereal, which is disgusting. Mm, yeah. Wait, so are you, are you still being emotionally wrecked by this breakup? I mean, because, like, dry cereal is a depression meal. It's not good. It's not. That's, that says a lot. It's not good. I love it's cereal. Not good. It's not good. No, I really like dumplings of all kinds. A soup dumpling, any kind of like dim sum style situation, scallion pancake. Uh, I don't really like eggs that much, but I love like breakfast sandwiches that are in other realms. Sausage egg muffin. Sausage egg muffin sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> how about pancakes pancakes i fucking love i make pancakes all the time i make them like a childish amount oh, i'm so bad at making pancakes i'm so good at it it's perfect food how do you are you bad at making pancakes you just pour the batter in a circle on a cast iron pan and then you flip it when the bubbles go through i don't use the pancake mix i use the egg with the flour and it always turns out with holes yeah that's so do i okay i can't make it work i'm sorry that i suck at making pancakes it's not that <laughs> you just follow the recipe I don't follow recipes. Okay, well, so for baking, you need to follow recipes. It doesn't look like baking to me because you put it on top of a stove. That's not baking. <laughs> it is literally baking. But Fair that's point. Okay. I love you anyways. That's why it's a pancake. Panning. Panning. For cakes. One of my prized high school <laughs> memories is when 
was me and some of my buddies came over. They all took a bunch of acid and I was not involved in that because I'm an anxious boy. I made them, pan- I made pancakes because I smoked a severe amount of weed while they all, you know, fucking did acid and stuff like that. I put Ovaltine, you know what Ovaltine yes. is? It's like a chocolate powder in the... It's a malted, it's a chocolate malt. Yes, but I didn't do it all the way through so they were like just streaks of it and I just put my pancakes in front of my buddies and I just like watched them for five minutes just like look at the pancakes and just like see all these shapes. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you sure you weren't also on acid just by proxy? <laughs> You're like, then I made them psychedelic pancakes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it was like. They were like, dude, look at all the shapes in these pancakes. You mentioned to me that filming food scenes is really hard. I'm curious if you could maybe use some of the examples and the stuff that you think would be like really hard to film. Well, I haven't seen a lot of practical effects stuff necessarily. I've seen setups for special effects done more than I've seen practical effects because not as many people do it, I think. So if we said special effects and practical effects for food, what would be the special effect of eating and what would be the practical effect of eating? Well, I mean, the practical effects would probably just be like if someone's eating something and something gross happens. There's this movie called Slugs (laughs) where there's like Uh these kind of like killer slugs that appear from this like nuclear thing in this town somebody chops one up in a salad and then serves it and then that person eats this slug and you see the dirty yucky slug and like that would probably be a practical effect oh you're adding bloody stuff or you're adding like a tiny slug with fangs in a mouth you know like that would be a practical effect and then like special effects would be like uh i don't know green screen somebody out put them behind like a black background and then like a slug comes behind them so eating would mostly be practical definitely i would think i mean now a lot of things are are done more special effects which is like the gripe of a lot of cinema viewing people although well i mean actually to get back to the whale like i think that like his prosthetic stuff and all that was partially visual effects they'd never done a fast in the past just like put this thing on and then you wear it Whereas, like, he was augmented whatever computer software they use. Like the robots inside the computer. Oh, okay. Yeah, in general, the robots, because they live inside the computer and they make the movie go. Like elves. <laughs> like elves, exactly. Like elves, only they're robots. Also, Aaron, just so you know, the film is The Deadly Spawn. Funny enough, I actually talked about the movie two weeks ago, too. I know exactly what scene you're talking about, where that worm accidentally gets into a blender of salad and then becomes part of the dressing. Yeah. Wait, you're saying it's not called Slugs? Maybe as an alternative name maybe there's another mo- oh, oh you're right there is a movie called slugs too both of them use salad because <laughs> well, slugs love salad that's true they do they love salad that's unavoidable true. plot point if you're gonna make a slug movie. you got to put salad in did you know that slugs were actually instrumental in the january 6 attacks all slugs are trump supporters because trump's a salad no they're just just true unlike snails which are uh all fans of pete kucinich snails are cool because they like pete kucinich but dc doesn't seem like a big slug town it's like not quite the right kind of temperature or something no the sewers are overrun with slugs oh, in dc okay. covered in slugs that's how they clean the water in dc is they the slugs they clean it yeah so it's a professional about dc because he's managed to go there yeah i've been there once i've been there once so i know all about dc i actually married a slug she was my oh, wife for a good long time that's so nice. but then during the 2016 election and the, she the now lives in probably, connecticut now she lives in connecticut now my slug wife lives in connecticut <laughs> 
Her oh name is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, weren't you on set for food scenes though? Oh yeah, no, I was on set for food scenes. Well, the problem with food scenes is mostly just like the waste element of you know, there's all this setup to do one scene, and then it's like you gotta take the food away. Is it gonna look good in 20 minutes? No, like it's not gonna look the same as what you want. And I think about that a lot in movies, and I know that the cast of The Sopranos talks about it a lot because they do a lot of eating on that show. Yeah. And I think for actors too, there's a consideration of like you don't want to actually take a bite of food every time because if you're doing multiple takes you're gonna get full it's gonna like throw you off so they think about that a lot and i think actually some of them did eat a lot on the show the gabagool, the gabagool what is gabagool it's just like capricola said in a very uh muddled jersey accent and it's just a cured meat like a ham or a pepperoni yeah but like pepperoni has a lot more spices in it to like hide the fact that it's just a dried meat i also don't know if actors are really trained or have a lot of experience with eating it's like what if you get an actor and like they're bad eating. So Swade thinks I'm a bad eater. What do you think is a bad eater? No, 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 no. I think you are a powerful, <laughs> voracious eater. I think you are a messy eater, which sometimes makes me anxious and or grossed out. But I would not say you are a bad Okay. I'd say you have bad <laughs> table manners. What if you were making a casting direction, what type of eater would you want for like your casting? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of things like you have to eat subtly with like like some people have an art form of eating a hot dog and delivering a line dude let's talk about sauces party who jerked off who jerked off to the part where the food has sex at the end all of us right when joe rogan makes the hamburger and the hot dog and they have sex <laughs> that was extremely arousing it was very sexy <laughs> i just think there's a lot more that goes into the thought process of food in a movie in a practical sense if you're having a conversation with someone and you're eating you're not really thinking about what you're doing but every bit of a scene has to be kind of orchestrated so it's just like oh am i taking a bite of this ZD right now or am i taking a bite of this pork bun you know like that creates like a very different thing either way and i think that you have to have someone who's kind of natural about it but if you have an actor who's overselling a lot of shit then they should probably like oversell the food you know like some people eat ridiculously when they're acting it's just like it's hilarious jim carrey is gonna yes. look very different when he eats than like a marissa to me and i'm sure some people like suck at it <laughs> or if someone wanted to act like me it would be jim carrey but imagine walter if you had to eat very like properly for an important film role that's gonna catapult you oh no here's the thing here's the thing aaron walter can eat with good table ah, <laughs> every time i've gone to eat out with his parents he eats like a good little boy without making Aww. a mess because he's afraid mommy and daddy are gonna be mean to Aww. him it's just when they're not around that he like fucking rubs his chest with buffalo sauce and it's like <laughs> and it's like fucking it's disgusting. so freeing i mean that sounds like i'd like to film that this is interesting to me because you just said that i do have different modes of eating it's true but i do it very subconsciously it's not like when i go to my dad and mom suddenly all my good table manners are like one step at a time make sure i don't fuck up this make it no it just the environment therefore i change snap snap i don't think about it but a lot of uh, vegetarians a lot of vegans a lot of conscious food eaters talk a lot about how food in our daily life is so consumptive and so mindless but it happens so much time so they just want people to put a pause a break yeah they want a it's mindfulness with their food yeah, yeah exactly and it sounds like i hate acting, that shit that shit it sounds like acting is one of the best ways to reach that uh, what fucking enlightenment. Like right. that makes me feel like if I'm eating spaghetti, I'm actually gonna have to think about: Do I want to slurp the spaghetti? Do I want to chew the spaghetti? Or do I just want to lick the sauce? 
All you have to do is get paid to do something, and then enlightenment just comes. That's fair to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was your controversial take about my Buddhist? Because I think it's fucking cool. So go ahead and fucking roast it. It just like annoys me when someone's like, "You need to like be aware of the food you're eating," and it's like, "Motherfucker, am I not aware when I eat like a fucking twelve-inch meatball sub?" in like two minutes like you think i'm not aware you think i'm not fighting for my goddamn life (laughs) while i'm like eating meatballs like it's my fucking job bro don't fucking like tell me to like oh sit here and like chew on the arugula it's like fuck off i'm gonna eat a handful of arugula and then i'm gonna fucking like eat a fucking bunch of french fries eat my asshole this is what it is i think we should all stuff our faces constantly I'm no more. Uh, it comes right back no to more. the we stuff. We should eat as much as possible. The stuff is the dream. It's the stuff. The gotta... stuff is the dream. Did he, you can he, stuff yourself all day. It doesn't matter. And you can be mindful or not. It doesn't matter. That is like a thing that I think is important. It's like there were times in my life, like college or like high school, when I like did not have a lot of money. I would be like, well, I could get this bag of chips. It's going to be, I'm going to eat that quicker. Like if I get this bag of chips, like I'm going to be able to eat it longer. So I'll be able to eat more. (laughs) You know, I was like, I was like strategizing how to get the best eating experience out of the food I bought. Not just taste, but like the length of which I could consume. Sure. Well, and that's kind of a mindful process. Yeah, it is mindful, dude. I don't know why you're getting butthurt. Of- no, I don't know why your town of Roanoke seems more like Goucher than like anything else. Because in my Hong Kong, my fucking <laughs> Hong Kong, legit, no one has these conversations to try to force any of these things that you get. It might, it down, might like just Roanoke. be the voices in my head. It might just be the voices in my head talking to me and telling me these things. I'm like mad about something that doesn't actually exist. I just hear them. They're definitely arguments and they definitely exist, but I don't think the mindful thing is like a universal that everyone has to do, but it's one of the easier ways to be mindful if you wanted to, because it happens so much. That's why I think there's like interesting fact to that discourse. You want to know what else it is? My mom. My fucking, we're going back. Today, this episode's titled Mommy Issues. <laughs> my mom is always like, you eat too much food. She's always on my ass about the amount of food I eat. <laughs> Tofu and jelly. You're going to try it now, Aaron? No, raw tofu (laughs) is not a part of my life. But yeah, I I think, you know, there are movies about food. A lot of them are kind of bad. You know, there's like the Julia Child movie or Eat, Pray, Love or whatever. There's like shit Italian. Ah, Only Italian Italian shit's about food. What about Ramen Girl? Yeah, there's ramen movies too because there's Tom Popo. There's noodle-centric film. And then there's a lot of not food in movies. Well, it's funny, too, because, like, when I was thinking about talking about food in a podcast, I was, like, looking at all these movies that I was like, I know there's a food scene in, like, Henry the Serial Killer. And I, like, look it up and it's like, they eat the most basic-ass chicken and green beans and mashed potatoes. And I'm like, ugh, boring. If we're actually going to talk about food in films, in my opinion, I think people talk about food like it's just this one conglomerate thing. But the stimulant of food in my made-up structure it has, like, three type of aesthetics. One is the food itself. One is the uh, looking at the person enjoying food. And then one is the community of food. And I think those three are actually so different. And people forget, especially if the food scene is just one part of the film. Community is a weird one because community is also a lack of community. Last time we talked about food, I brought up a Chinese movie called Black Snow. And his community was drinking alone in a restaurant. And he was just getting drunk alone 24-7 and eating food. To me, that type of food is more appetizing, not because of uh, the food itself. You feel the loneliness when they eat that food, and it almost makes that food more comfy. So even the most basic food, if filmed right, right. looks very comfy because of the community 
aspect. You also of it. talked about um in our, one of our cr- <laughs> in one of our Christmas episodes. Oh, okay, Christmas. Jesus is a stuffy. <laughs> the stuffy. He is a stuffy. <laughs> I'm a stuffy for Christmas. Christmas stuffy. Uh, no. What was the movie you were talking about where the mom first her food is gross and then her mo- food is better? A Christmas story or a Christmas prince or a Christmas something. Oh, it's a wonderful life, right? It's not a wonderful life. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> uh, I just remember you talking about this idea of that in the first scene, no one is like happy in the house. People are like having issues with each other. And so the food seems really unappetizing. But later on, when like things are much better in the household, like the food is like more delicious. And I think if I remember correctly, you go as far as saying like you wanted to have sex with the mom. Yeah, I did. I did say that. Thank you for dragging out everything that I've said before. I I was thinking about food in movies, and basically all the food I gravitated toward were gross things. Auntie Lee's Meat Pies, which is a fucking gross, hilarious horror movie. Cannibal Holocaust, Green Inferno, uh, oh god, Honeydew. I was thinking of all these like really upsetting horror movies, so I was trying to think of a good food movie. And one of the first things that popped in my head, it should have been obvious, is Charlie and Chocolate Factory. That movie looks delicious. Oh, uh, Some of those foods have weird effects, though. I think it's a little grotesque. It can be, but only when the children are punished for it. I think in general. No, I think you're too much of a candy fiend. You think too. so? You think it's just... I just love I think candy. that film is supposed to look a little grotesque. No, dude. I want to go in a candy world. I would love it. I would be respectful of the Oompa Loompas, and I would treat them with reverence, and I would have them <laughs> teach me their ways, and we would have an <laughs> uprising against Willy Wonka, and we would take back their means of production, which is candy creation. Have you ever slurped melted chocolate from a chocolate fountain? Like the river in Charlie and Chocolate Factory that Augustus Gloom falls into? Or, or like chocolate syrup from like the thing... <laughs> You know, it's just like, oh, 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 yes, I've definitely done that. It's like so good. Imagine a river of that. I'm not a sweet person. That's true. Walter likes sour candy. But whenever Walter eats candy, it's like sour gummy candy. He'll never just eat a chocolate bar. I do eat chocolate. It's just not my, it's on the bread level. It's level Right, I bread. know, I know. I know, okay, I know you eat everything. In general, when it goes to candy, I see you eat sour strings. I really struggle to think of other good food movies. I do too. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I think one of the reasons is because when you think of food films, your brain goes to the aesthetic of the food. When you Google quickly, like food movies, you're always looking like about a movie that sells their food quality really nice. And I don't think the aesthetic of food can be consistent enough to always feel good. Because when you stare at a piece of food long enough, your brain is going to go into dark places. Yeah, but like, no what about cooking what. shows? That's why like, the food is placed in front of you and then there's a sparkle that goes a la 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 and then it gets caught away. No matter how much sparkles you put on it, if it was a five minute long, just that piece of food, your brain would start being like, now I wonder if that cow had a child. We have talked about a bunch of movies that have a lot of food that looks really appetizing, but you can twist it in a grotesque way. I talked about Scorsese's Age of Innocence on this podcast. That's same with all the sort of lavish movies of the old days. They always love using food at props. And they look good. But the issue is when they're in the lavish setting, it has a bad twist at it. It's what we were talking about before because I usually find food in overindulgent films very pleasing. But in theory, I always understand 
the gross and whether or not it represents something dark. People look down on people who eat too much. That's just how it goes. So it's hard to present an overabundance of food or an over love of food consistently positive if you only care about what the food looks like. Good food movies are always going to be about communities. And you're relying on the community to change that overabundance into a feeling of warmth and love. Think of Ang Lee's Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Lots of the food there could look way too much and overindulgent. But the film works really well because I think the food is enhanced by what it's representing. The connection of this family. I love a good fantasy movie where there's like a guy eating like a turkey leg. That's always good. I just remember when we were taught of that movie um, Hard to Be a God. It's like a medieval movie and it's like all in the mud. Yeah, yeah. And like people are just eating like whatever the fuck they can find. Sometimes it's just like a leg of something or it's a potato. That's Like there's a lot of starvation movies, especially Russian stuff where like you'll see somebody eat like an old apple and it looks like the best fucking apple they've ever had that's a good point at the end of someone starving it always makes you think that piece of food is like so good the context is important in that way that's why i think simple food is an interesting thing to film like in henry serial uh killer portrait thing yep. and i also think <laughs> that's my favorite film <laughs> henry serial killer portrait thing it's almost as good as uh as uh elias my favorite film elias <laughs> I also think uh, Gene Dillman, if we're talking about like art house films, that film has very simple, mundane food. Very works well with the theme of these lives that aren't as overabundant as Scorsese's Age of Innocence. You can read it like, oh, it's so mundane that it's comfy, but you can also read it. Oh, that just gets your life kind of boring and fucked up and twisted. It's very hard to make food consistent, in my opinion. Abundance or underabundance. Elf. Elf does the waffle. It's been a minute since I've seen it. I've seen it once and I didn't like it. <laughs> I try not to think okay, about it. The only good part is you get to see Zoe Deschanel nakedish. That's my favorite food is a naked Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> Deschanel. She does sound like a pastry when you she pronounce it. She sounds like, like that. a wine. Sounds great. Mm, a full body Deschanel. I could see that in a bottle. I am surprised you guys can't think of good uh food movies. I mean, to be honest, well, I have this stereotype that white people don't appreciate food as much as Asians. So all the food that I like to uh, look at are from Asian movies or like even African films or Middle Eastern films and Indian films. I always think they have amazing food. And it's because of the way they eat them too, right? There's a good film called An Autumn's Tale that these two expats from China settle in Chinatown in the 80s and they order takeout Chinese food and cook and go to restaurants and and I think the way it's shown in the film is a really special understanding of how food works in the Asian American diaspora, especially in bigger cities. Choyun Fat is in it. And my favorite scene is him drinking a PBR. I think it's like such a great conglomerate of different diasporas mixed into one. Choyun Fat drinking a PBR. That should also be on durian bread level. I'm with you. PBR. I, I, I'm a Miller High Life guy. Not when Choyun Fat drinks it. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I was just taking it out of the, I was putting it into your category system for a moment. But. but this is a great example where if you only pay attention to the taste aesthetic of PBR, you won't understand why that scene to me is so good. 
But because I understand that scene's diaspora weight, it makes it very exhilarating. I want to talk about the Krabby Patty. I thought you wanted to talk about movies, Sweet, about good movies with films of good food. Yeah, well, because you were talking about how all you think about is these Asian movies. I've always wanted to eat a goddamn Krabby Patty. In SpongeBob? So fucking much. Yeah, from SpongeBob. Because you have to reference what American cartoon you're talking about. Because I didn't grow up with it. That's when I think of good food, I think of it from cartoons. It tastes like a crab cake. No, it's so much better than that. It has to be better than a crab cake. No, it's not. It's it's between two pieces of French toast, and then inside it's a crab cake. All right, that actually does not sound bad. Also, the the uh, what is it? The the bacon pancakes from Adventure Time, or like the perfect sandwich that Jake's makes, also from Adventure Time. There's a lot of good food in that. The weird gross soup that Sally feeds her weird scientist dad in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Maybe American cartoons are allowed to eat, but actors are not. There is kind of this thing where you'll watch american european movies and it's just like this person eat all day are they gonna eat tomorrow what's gonna happen but cartoons are are allowed to eat when the food always looks so delicious i mean i think anime food is very popular too but i think that's the big difference between cartoon food and real food cartoon food is aesthetically pleasing because it's not real and it's the love of the artist that makes it good and the love of the imagination that makes it good for actual food though it holds cut type of legacy i guess that isn't in control of the artist. So there's always going to be a type of grossness that the artist can't control or like negate. When you actually look at how food comes to our table and then how we actually eat food in detail, it is gross. That process is pretty gross. They're not the same But thing. they make me hungry. So can a piece of rock. <laughs> no, it can't. Why a piece of rock have made me hungry. <laughs> If it was a painted rock, maybe? It's not like I need to eat that rock, though. Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie to the podcast. I'm lying. Gary when Busey you... is on this podcast, and he can smell lies. When you're lies. hiking and you see rocks, you always get hungry. <laughs> I hate you so much. I wish that you were the stuff so that I could eat all of your blood. <laughs> okay, I don't hate cartoon food, but I reason why I push back on it is what I just said. But also, I think one of the things I like about food is how it sells culture. And I think cartoons, unless that cartoon is about a specific place. Yeah, like Bikini Fucking Bottom. Your cartoon is not going to sell community in that area as much. Are you like, telling me you a- don't think SpongeBob and Squidward and Mr. Krabs and Sandy and Pearl and Mrs. Puff and Larry the Lobster and Gary the Snail and uh, Squilliam? I mean, this is a community, a thriving bikini bottom yeah, community. Yeah, but you're, it's not the same as filming like a Senegalese film and then watching them eat Thiep. I disagree. I 100% disagree. It's because you're racist. That, that's all it is. <laughs> you just hate Senegalese communities and a culture. No, you just hate SpongeBob <laughs> and his community. I think they are... I'm saying it's good. I'm just saying it's different. No, I'm saying it's the exact same. Okay, fine. Actual culture that carries a nation's pride and history is the exact same as SpongeBob. Well, one is real and one is a new reality that's been introduced to that the I world love, that I want to be inside. What are some foods that when you guys see on your cooking shows or your movies that it feels to you like an instant like <gasps> gas of uh, satisfaction? Cake. You're such a fucking sweet addict. Cake is also on my bread tier, just so you know. When I see someone just slice through a, like a moist big old slice of chocolate cake i would like bite my little brother's nose off just to get a slice of that cake like i would eat his face like a chimpanzee if it meant after i was done consuming his face i could get a delicious moist chocolate cake slice what about you Aaron? i don't know food stamps 
Yeah, food stamps really <laughs> rule my world. I love food stamps. I've been trying to get that grip for so long. I can't even tell you. <laughs> food on a two-dimensional screen does not do a lot for me. You know, unless, like, Walter, you've sort of laid this situation of, oh, the scenario, like, changes with the food looks and all that stuff. Like, yes, if the character is really into it, I will, like, latch on in a sort of psychological process. But if you just, like, show me a sandwich dripping with stuff that a lot of people find appealing, I'm like... Oh, <laughs> like gonna, I don't even want to look right at it. Oh, sweet is taken. I just had to say it. I, I'm I, just I just had to say the word sandwich, and you sent and stuff. <laughs> Stuff. Stuff is his new favorite. There's this new sandwich place that opened up near my house that sells Thanksgiving sandwiches year-round. So it's turkey, cranberry sauce, stuffing, more turkey, and then I get hot peppers on it. Oh my god. Year-round I can get a Thanksgiving sandwich. It is phenomenal. That does sound really good. But see, that's It sounds good because Suede even... loves it. That's like the big thing. I think Suede Aaron was, like, was just going to say that. This is why it's you... good. Oh, well, were you just about to say yeah, that? Yeah, I was going to say that that transference of your pleasure happened to me again. Exactly, which which really Sweet what it comes mad. down to is... No, Walter, you're a mansplainer. You're mansplaining again. So he's you're mad. a mansplainer. He's I mean, mad. Walter, you're a he's mansplainer. Mad. You're mansplaining all the time. What the hell? <laughs> well, you're always mansplaining. You're good. An Elias of mansplainer. An Elias, you mansplaining. I am the chairman of mansplaining. <laughs> that sounds even better. <laughs> shout out everyone at the motherfucking Arby's on Brambleton uh, including the young guy who I was talking to the young guy and the girl with pink hair they're both great if you're in Roanoke fucking swing by the, the Arby's at Brambleton they kick ass they always give me french fries fucking they go hard over there they got the stuff they got the fucking stuff that's the best Arby's in town man we also got a five star review Savy K shout out to you for five stars the reveal says podcast thumbs up sweetie locked me in a bookstore and wouldn't let me leave until I listened to at least three episodes of this and I've been Stockholmed into enjoying it. Actually though, banger podcasts. The funniest thing is we didn't discover this reveal. Aaron discovered this reveal and told me about it. Uh. <laughs> so we would have completely not shouted this out if it wasn't for you i i, I love it I, it's personal positive and it shows the maniac behind the microphone yeah sweetie <laughs> That's true. sweetie yeah savy k spelled it s-w-e-d yeah Super it cute. that's me baby sweetie, <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about the review i think it's great i think anytime that you mention the bookstore i'm very happy the bookmarks are clearly working shoot us an email at our email address is fakefilmfans at gmail.com or tweet at at us at fake film fans just at fake film fans uh let us know the bookmarks are working because that's like the only form of marketing we have right now. so we actually had an idea suggestion through emails oh that's my boy patrick yo what up <laughs> <laughs> okay we got an email from one of Swade's friends, apparently. Oh, no, he's a good customer. He comes in the bookstore. He's a friend. Everyone who comes in the bookstore is a friend. He says, we should do an episode covering Serial Mom, directed by John Waters and starring Kathleen Turner. Good food scene in that he movie. He hasn't seen it in a while, but I think it's kind of a film you both might enjoy. Also, thank you for the great podcast. I'm currently bringing it on a long car rides, which is most car rides because I live in a rural area. Cheers, Patrick. <laughs> I met Swade at the bookstore. Shout out, Patrick. And John Waters is 
is a total director who uses food really well. So that is a beautiful sprinkling. But so Patrick and I have mutual friends with this guy who started listening to the podcast. And he comes into the bookstore and he's like furious. He's like, how could you publish this filth? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, you guys talked about putting chicken wings on your private parts? What's wrong with you? That's disgusting. (laughs) I I didn't have the heart to tell this to this young man, but I was like, man, if that's like the foulest thing you've heard from this podcast, you have not been listening. Walter has talked about scat porn with Christ and eating his own ass. I think the first episode I ever listened to, and it was amazing. (laughs) My asking or the Jesus orgy? The Jesus porn. I remember I was on a bike. I remember where I was when I heard it even. Where were you when Walter talked about scatting with Chris? I was biking up West Street. I was, <laughs> I was sitting here. Yeah, so was I. <laughs> oh yeah, shout out to Patrick. Savy K, shout out to Savy K. Did people really want us to talk about John Waters? Yeah, Maddie wanted us to talk about John Waters too. You should, you should. But it's funny because we went to school in Baltimore. Not really, we went to school in Towson. But yeah, yeah, like yeah. close enough. I have a bit of a bad taste of John Waters, not because his movies are bad but because i used to work in a movie theater and whenever we played john waters films these suburb people fucking 90 year old be like where's the john waters film oh my god and i'd be like you're 90 years old how are you this excited for a movie yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of old <laughs> queers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh they definitely were not queer they were like normal just yuppity yup old boomers who were proud that john waters was from baltimore okay i see uh, i see i see and they like only like him now that they're older because he's famous now i felt that vibe but Everyone in Baltimore knew John Waters. It was a thing. Yeah, everyone knew John Waters. He would walk across the street and everyone knew him by name. They knew him. Hello, John. Where's your fire? Oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, when Walter tries to tell a joke, that is a nightmare. You're right. That is a nightmare. God, imagine if your last name was Waters. Walter Waters. Oh, that's a I good... I kind of like, like it. Yeah, me too. I really like it. It's your pen name. I hate being Asian anyway, so I wanted a white name. Chairman Waters. Chairman Walter what Waters. What if we switch and you can be swayed and I'll be Walter and I can go live in Hong Kong and be rich? I don't want to be you. You have nothing that I want to be. <laughs> what are you talking about i have a sweet room filled with seltzer cans a box full of dragons but everything he thinks is sweet is not my thing he thinks his muscles are sweet i don't want muscles that's true i do have cool muscles he likes considering roanoke as his home and that's it and he doesn't want to travel not my thing that's true, that's true. everything that's sweet is proud of is not what I would want to be proud of. I like eating food, Walter. Not as much as I do. That's not true. I love eating food more than you. You can't even eat spicy food. You're fucking Oh crying. my god. Oh, I spicy, eat spicy food. food. <laughs> I can't eat spicy foods. I can't eat spicy foods. How dare you say this about me? Just blasphemy. I'm gonna fucking come to Hong Kong. I'm gonna fuck you. I'm gonna kiss you. Oh. Then we'll see who's real. You're not gonna be able to come foods. to Hong Kong. I'm sorry. I am. <laughs> Aaron's going to make it to Hong Kong before you. The meeting of the chairman. Yes. The meeting of the chairman's at a dim sum store. Yes. Uh, Let's do it next week. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Aaron for getting on this podcast and talking about this stuff Yes, Aaron, do you have something you want to shout out? A tweet? No. A tweeter? No, nothing. Do not contact me. (laughs) Do not listen to me. Okay. (laughs) I'm chairman. If you want to reach Aaron, send a letter to Swades. What was your ex-girlfriend that we decided? Marley or... Mar, Mar, uh, what is it? But weren't uh, they like a thing? They were a slug. They, they are oh, okay, a slug. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm. Send, yeah, send an a email slug or mail. a mail letter to Swades Slug 
XGF and they will contact Aaron Ford because they are best friends. They will contact Chairman Boosie and Bussie. And if you if you want more like people who know about movies to talk on this podcast, let us know because like everyone I bring on the show is fucking a dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Everyone is smart. No, we love all all of our our only Celine is a dumbass. Yeah, fuck Celine. (laughs) Fuck Celine. She sucks. No, I love she's my she's my boo. Do you know how to end the podcast episode? Is there a song? Oh my god. No <laughs> listeners know how to end the fucking show. If you're going to watch a movie... If you, no, I got my new mic. Listeners, the audio was so bad last episode and I felt so guilty, so I bought a new mic, so now I'll do my soul treatment mic. And remember, folks, if you're going to watch a movie, do it with the lights off.